Mud Stories, Episode 48. Your mercy floods my tired soul as you lift me out of my muddy hole. You wash me up with your sweet grace and you lead me to a safer place but I had taken catechism classes and I had an arsenal of prayers that I had learned, but it really never connected with me and I never really understood what it all meant. Um, to me, it was just clear that I was a sinner and that this man had died for me and I wasn't worthy of that. And so it was more or less a, a situation where I was fearful of it. And so instead of embracing it, I pushed it away, far away. Hi, my name is Jackie Watkins, your host, and you're listening to Mud Stories, a podcast dedicated to bringing you inspiration in your muddiest moments, hope to make it through your mud, and encouragement for you to know that you are not alone. Hey friends, welcome back to the Mud Stories podcast. I'm super glad you're here with me today. I am talking today with Jenny Lee Sulpizio. And I was so glad that Jenny agreed to come and share her story here because I think it's one that maybe is overlooked or underestimated today in our culture. And it's not one that is some of the typical topics that we consider mud, but it certainly is a pervasive story. And it's one that applies to so many people. Jenny talks about her life growing up without faith without really knowing God. She describes how she went to church maybe twice a year, um, kind of knew what religion was in a sense, but really felt like it was full of a lot of rituals that she didn't necessarily understand. And because of that misunderstanding, she developed a fear and just associated faith and religion with this awareness within herself that she was a bad person, that she was a sinner, and just left her feeling like she was lacking. And because of that, she pushed away faith. And it wasn't until age 30, when she hit a crisis in her life, a hard time, you know, so often it is only when life gets hard that we search out what it is God can do for us, kind of like a transactional you know, slot machine. We put in the penny and ask for what we want and God delivers the prize, you know, and we only go to him when we have a problem. And I think it happens to so many of us. And Jenny really describes when crisis hit her life, how she and her husband sought out some counseling. And as a result of what that counselor recommended, she ended up giving a relationship with God a try. And that is where she discovered faith and her Bible and learning how to accept grace, which is a free gift. And so I think this episode is for two different types of people today. I think first it's for that person who feels disconnected from God, who feels like there's something missing in their life, but can't really put a finger on what that is, can't really distinguish what is missing, has searched and tried to figure out what religion is all about or who God even is or what he even could mean to them. Maybe they feel like if they were to step foot in a church, that the church would burn down because of all the things and all the failures that they've experienced in their life. And I think Jenny has some really hope-filled words for you today if you are in that position. 
And secondly, it's for those of us who do have a relationship with God, who know Jesus Christ, who trust in him as our savior and want to live a life for him. It's for us to really get behind the eyes of someone who doesn't attend church, who doesn't understand who God is, um, how much God loves them. It's for us to discover ways that we can live out our faith in more practical ways and how we can share God's love more readily with the world. And so I'm so thankful Jenny is here today to share her story with us. And on a side note, you guys, this girl, she knows how to laugh. Her and I have the funnest conversation, so much so that I actually left a blooper in at the end of the episode. Most of the time I edit them out, but um, it was just too good. I had to leave it in. So I hope you enjoy that. And also Jenny was getting something fixed at her house in the background as we recorded this conversation. So never mind all the little clinks and clanks that you hear. My hope is that no matter what the content of this episode and of Jenny's story will come shining through and encourage you greatly today. Enjoy. Hi, Jenny. Welcome to the Mud Stories podcast. Hi there. So glad to be here. Oh, I'm so excited you're here. And I know we are West Coast neighbors. Yes, indeed we are. I'm in Arizona. So I'm right next door to you. Yes, because I'm in California. So take a moment and let us get to know you. Tell us a little bit about your family and where you where you live and what it's like there in Arizona and what you do. Well, it's about to get really hot here in Arizona. Uh, it always hits about 100. So and then it lasts forever. Oh, so um, Air conditioning is your friend. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, but it's not humid, right? It's not humid. It's not humid. It's a dry heat, but it's still hot. Oh, yeah. So every, you know, dry heats are supposedly better. I don't know, but it is hot for a really long time. I know what that's like because sometimes we go out and visit Palm Springs, Palm Desert. And we have a really awesome barbecue restaurant we love. It's about an hour from our house. And so, but so hot, like 120 degrees, like crazy, dry, hot. Like you open your oven and it blasts you in the face. Yes, it's horrid. Yes, yes. So anyways. Okay, um, so you're in Arizona now, but not always? No, I grew up in Southern California and I um, have lived in Kansas, Idaho, Oregon, Washington for a short amount of time. So I've kind of been all over. But West Coast, it sounds like. But West Coast-ish, yes. <laughs> okay, and so tell me about your family. I've got three kiddos and one husband. And um, yeah. That's always make- good, one husband. <laughs> <laughs> do you like that? I do, I do. I have one too. <laughs> I can tell we're just going to have a load of fun. I just cannot wait. This is awesome. I'm in the mood to laugh today. I hope you all out there are in the mood to laugh. Jenny and I are going to laugh it up. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Okay, so three kids. Tell me about your kids. Well, I've got uh, a daughter who's my oldest, and she is about to venture into the teenage years. So that's awesome. Oh, me too. My oldest daughter is uh, turning 13 in in August. It's like raging hormone central. I know. And then then I have two younger boys. One's 10 and one's 6. And so, uh, it actually, it's baseball season right now, and we're just going nonstop, like us every too. day. Oh my, it's us crazy. Too. I know, I know. I, I got really lucky this year. My boys are nine and eleven, and they got on the same team. Glory, uh, hallelujah! Yeah. 
So there is one practice and one game and they both go and well, there's more than that, but, but they go together. And so that has really cut down on the craziness because four of them. Yeah, yeah, it is. But yeah, baseball can totally consume everything. Yes, definitely. Exactly. Yep. I'm with you, sister. And if we can keep track of the gloves and the helmets and all of that, goodness. And you know what? It's so sad because I'm the mom who's like, did I wash your uniform? And yeah, I usually don't. And my my kid's the dirty one. Oh, yeah. Mine too. Mine wore their dirty, like our fields have red dirt sometimes. And like you can totally tell that they've worn them before. Yeah. So you're in such good company. We're we're just, I think we're stellar moms who prioritize things, you know? (laughs) Practice pants are not the priority Indeed. today, right? Oh, well, right. it's so good to have you on the podcast. I'm excited to talk to you about mud because we talk about mud stories here. And so as we talk about hard things, and I think many times our mud really begins in places we least expect. And sometimes it's only in looking back that we really realize what sets us up mm-hmm. to get deep in the mud. And a lot of times we're blind to it in the moment, sadly. And so as you were growing up, take us back and tell tell us all what life looked like for you growing up in your family and how faith in God played a role in your life as a child and as you grew. You know, uh, it's really kind of interesting because I did attend church. I did, I did go to church every now and then. Usually um, it was Christmas and Easter. And I remember sitting in those pews. I remember staring up at this figure of Jesus hanging on this cross. And it was almost like I was almost paralyzed by fear. But I had, I had taken catechism classes and I had, you know, uh, an arsenal of prayers that I had learned. But it really never connected with me. And I never really understood what it all meant. Um, to me, it was just clear that I was a sinner and that this man had died for me. And... I wasn't worthy of that. And so it was more or less a, a situation where I was fearful of it. And so instead of embracing it, I pushed it away, far away. Hmm. That is kind of creepy, Jesus hanging on the cross and somebody <laughs> dying for you. I mean, when you're a kid, that can... It's I frightening. Can, I can see how that would be very confusing. Right. Um, because sin is such an abstract concept. I mean, I think as kids, we understand what it's like to be bad. Mm-hmm. Um but we want praise and we want love and we want to feel like we're okay. And so if you associate church with feeling bad and that you are bad, then I can see how that might be a little disconcerting. Exactly. And all I wanted to do was distance myself from those feelings. I mean, who wants to feel like that, right? Right. So for me, church became this place where, well, negativity, it represented negativity to me. And so uh, I was fine doing things on my own. So was it more of a tradition in your family than, I mean, did, did, was it ever explained about how you could have a relationship with God, how he loves you so much? You know, no, not at all. And I don't even really, I don't remember opening the Bible at all. Never. Um, I had never read actual scripture and, uh, I mean, I knew of the Bible obviously, but it's nothing I don't even think I owned one. It's, it's, I didn't possess one. I didn't mm-hmm. open it. I didn't read it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know really anything about it except from what I was hearing right. um, in these classes. So yeah, it was about a ritual and a tradition. And uh, it's just something that we did because, well, we had to. 
kind of a thing. Yeah. So it wasn't really explained how to apply it to your own personal life, how it would benefit you. No, no. Yeah. Okay. So as you progressed through childhood and adolescence, how did that absence of faith affect your decisions and moving forward and what you did? You know what? It didn't. It really didn't. I didn't, um, I didn't consult God for much at all. It was only when, you know, I'd really only go to prayer when there was something that I really wanted or there was something that I needed or I was fearful over something or something negative was taking place in my life. That's when I hit my knees. Mm -hmm. And it was only out of this desire to have that situation change or to have, um, you know, something altered in my favor. That's when I went to prayer. And it's unfortunate because uh, obviously (laughs) prayer needs to be a daily just a daily act that we do where we can connect with God. Yeah. And yet, if it seems like God is really far off and not very interested in our everyday lives, then it almost is like he turns into this um, genie, you know, like right. like you have a problem and then you go to your magic lamp and rub it three times <laughs> and ask for a for a miracle to pop out, you know? Right, right. And, um, and so it becomes more of a transactional model mm-hmm. of relationship rather than an edification model of relationship, which, you know, mm-hmm. you you go put the coin in and get the item out, right? And um, it doesn't actually work that way. Right. And so when some of those prayers went unanswered, it was like, well, then fine, whatever. I'll just distance myself some more because obviously God doesn't have my, my um, he doesn't have the best intentions for me. Right. So, he doesn't have your best interest in mind because he's no. not listening in your view. He right. was not paying attention. Right. Yeah. I knew what I needed. <laughs> right. I all, right. And you put the coin in. You went and asked, right? Yeah, no no product asked. coming out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. And yet I think there are so many people who still as adults live that way, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it is those hard things that make people pray. I mean, look at um, 9-11. Do you remember after 9-11, everybody had those flags, you know, those flags that would clip on your window and then you roll your window up and your flag would be like waving in the air. You know, it seemed like everybody got all patriotic and they got like, even like the White House people had prayer at the church, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, when crisis hits, that seems to take us to that innate place of knowing that there is a God. You know, right. and that we need someone to lead us and to be in control, the comfort that comes from knowing that there's a higher power in control. And yet, so sad that when life seems to be having fewer complications, fewer problems, we don't really find a place for God in those places. Absolutely. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Uh, and I, even now, even today, even as a woman who, um, goes to church and who has a relationship with God. And, you know, even today I find myself doing that a little bit as well. It doesn't mean it completely goes away. Once you find your faith, there are times where I, you know, when things are going okay, that I don't always consult God. Sure. I pray every day, but I don't connect maybe as I do when things are hard. So right. I don't seek him as much as I do when things are, when I have trials. So. Well, and I think I've, I'm thinking of that scripture in James 1 where it talks about, you know, having joy in our suffering. Mm-hmm. And and it's because it perfects our character and it right. perfects our faith. And, and so God knows that. And I think sometimes hard things, mud, can actually or are actually gifts 
to help draw us closer to him mm. and to help make our character into who our best self could be. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So through your college years, yes. take us into, you know, dating, marriage. How did, how did life end up going after that? Um, well, gosh, I continued on that same path for quite a long time. I mean, I got married in the church. I baptized my children, but it was still... That's interesting. Tell me about that. Like, yeah, tell me, you know, because I know people who aren't super active in their faith, and yet those certain traditions, they're very opinionated about. Mm -hmm. What's that about? Um, because, you know, it's not that I never... It's not that I didn't believe in God. It was just that I didn't have a, this connection and I didn't know I was supposed to. So how I was going along was how I thought it was supposed to be. So um, Almost like you don't know what you're missing. Exactly. So when I, had, when I got married, I definitely wanted it to be in the church. And I thought that was the good thing to do. I thought that's what the right thing to do was. And when I had children... Um, along the same lines. That was the right thing. That was the first thing I mm -hmm. needed to do was to baptize them. So, uh, because that was what I was supposed to do. It wasn't because of anything other than that. I mean, like I said, I did believe in God, but it wasn't because I had this, you know, awesome connection and awesome relationship. Cause like I said, I didn't know I needed to have that at the time. It was just, that's what you did. <laughs> right. Right. So, Got it. Okay. So yeah. you, it was like, you're just kind of complying with the plan. The, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The tradition. The so tradition. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you got married and. Yes, I did get married. <laughs> <laughs> to your one husband. <laughs> right. And, you know, my husband grew up Catholic as well. And so we were kind of the same mindset, same same idea, same principles. Um, he didn't connect with, with God either. It was just more or less the rituals. And then uh, at the ripe age of 30, I had found myself really in a, in a hard, hard place. And I had made a number of poor choices. And for me, uh, I had always lived my life with the mindset of I'm not going to have any regrets. Absolutely no regrets. I go into everything, making sure I make the right decisions so that I will never have a regret in my life. And obviously, um, I think God really kind of laughed at that, but uh, <laughs> I think that you can control your own life. But honestly, uh, I, I learned through a series of events and poor choices that I made in my marriage that that was not true. So uh, I had my husband and I went through a really, really hard time due to these choices. And uh, it was then that I was like, I, I need to I need to find God. I need to reach up. And together as a couple is when we first went to church not um, a non-traditional church is what we went to. Mm -hmm. And that's when everything started to change. How many years had you been married when crisis hit for you? Uh, probably uh, seven. Yeah. I find, I'm not surprised you said that number because I find year five to eight-ish, mm -hmm. you know, you've been married long enough to really know each other, both the positive and the negatives, you know? Yes. And yet also long enough to have some of that waning of, of excitement and, um, well, you know, everyday life, anybody who's been married, 
understands that everyday life just hits and happens and the stresses of life happen. And it's super easy to be disconnected in marriage. You know, sometimes my husband and I, it feels like you're passing ships in the night, you know, speaking of baseball and all these activities and work and church. And, (laughs) you know, you can really get caught up in that unless you make an effort to stay connected. And I think it's not uncommon for that kind of hardship to hit, you know, that kind of wall, so to speak. And pressing through that is, is so key. Exactly. And at that point we had had two kids and so we were two kids into it and it was just, Mm -hmm. um, there was a lot of stress involved, finances, uh, young kids. My husband was working a lot and it just seemed like, uh, we just weren't, we just weren't in a good place. Mm -hmm. We weren't in a good place. And, uh, personally, you know, personally speaking, as far as our spiritual connection, I told you it just wasn't there. So it was like this perfect storm really (laughs) waiting to happen. And it happened for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we all want to be affirmed and appreciated and loved. And when those needs aren't being met, it really makes it makes it a challenge. Indeed. So, um, so I'm guessing the word crisis, the curveball, so to speak, means you kind of hit the bottom of yourself in a sense. Talk to us a little bit about how you discovered you were spiraling down. Because I'm I'm guessing a lot a lot of people you know, me included, you know, sometimes we don't always recognize we are, you know, spiraling until we hit and then it mm-hmm. hurts so bad. And we find ourselves really disoriented from the spinning and, mm-hmm. you know, not really sure what direction we're facing and where up even is. So what what did that look like for you and what happened? Um, I guess with my, you know, while I, all this was kind of going on and while this crisis had presented itself, and while I was making these poor choices, I didn't really, I kept justifying to myself that they were okay choices that, oh, this isn't that bad. And oh, that's not that bad. And so finally, when I realized, and after my husband and I started attending counseling sessions, finally, when I realized what I kind of done, it was then that I was like, oh my gosh. And I didn't understand, I didn't understand grace. I didn't understand uh, the true meaning of forgiveness. I didn't know what that looked like, especially one, I didn't understand God's grace. I didn't understand grace and forgiveness for myself, but being able to forgive myself for things. And uh, mm-hmm. so that was a huge eye-opener. But it wasn't until that my husband and I sat counseling where she uh, recommended that we attend church because our foundation needed to be Christ. And unfortunately, I had made my husband the most important person, and I placed him above God, obviously, So, uh, wow, that is so important to notice right there because what you're saying happens all the time. Yes. And I think as women, we really. We want to be heard. We want to be seen. We want to be listened to. We process a lot of us verbally more than men do. Mm -hmm. Um, Not always. There are men who definitely process verbally. But a lot of times we just want to be affirmed and secure and know that we're cared for and valued. And we do put a lot of pressure on our husband to meet that need. Yes. And, you know, guys express love in different ways. It tends to come out more as respect than, you know, gushy love notes or whatever. You know, they respect us because that's how they feel loved, that they are respected by others. And so they're giving us respect, but that's not what we really need. We we need the gushy love love stuff. Yeah. And we're trying to pour out love on them. And they're like, oh, just respect me. But the less they return our love, the less we respect them. And so it just spirals, 
you know, downward. I think uh, the book that I'm referring to all these concepts is called um, Love and Respect by yes. Emerson Egrix. I love my husband. And I love that book. Yes. It's- I think I've taken the um, we've taken the the class about 10 times. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? It, I it, just think it's a total marriage game changer for sure. Absolutely. It was so eye opening to me. I was just like, what? I had no idea. I think every couple who ever decides that they're going to get married needs to watch it or be involved in the class or read the book. Oh, I think so too. Cause you, you have to learn how to get off the crazy cycle. Exactly. And that's what it is. So I'm so glad you know about that. Yes. Yes. So anyway, you know, putting our husbands up on a pedestal to meet all of those needs is just such an unrealistic expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fascinated that she recommended, you know, getting involved in church and really working on your spiritual relationship because that is the key because we all are made with that spot in our hearts that can only be filled by God. And he's the one who created us. He's the one that wants to show us that we're so amazing and loved and chosen by him, you know? Mm -hmm. So what happened when you went to church? I mean, you hadn't been doing that. And not that church is the answer. It's really relationship with God that's the answer, which I know you're going to talk about. But... (laughs) Tell us the entry point, though, was attending community mm-hmm. church, well, right? At first, I didn't want to go. At first, I was like, what do I do? I mean, I had been used to attending a specific kind of church. So when I walked through those doors of the sanctuary, I was lost. And I how old were you at this time? 30. Yeah, see, so okay. I was extremely lost. I didn't know what to do first. Uh, and so it was then that we just decided, okay, let's just go into service, sit down, and Really, um, it's so it's so cliche. This is so cliche, but I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Go. So God had me from hello. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but you know what? Like, my that sounds so cheesy. I was like all ears. What's she gonna say? I know. And then it's, and then I dropped that, and they're yeah. like, lame. But no. But when I when I sat down and really started listening to the word, and that there was this Bible in front of me, and that scripture was quoted and use, and it was applicable to what I was going through, it honestly just held me there. And I looked at all these people that were around me and the relationships that, you know, I was seeing as they conversed with each other. And I so wanted in on on that and that, and this whole community that was there. And, you know, church gets a bad rap in general. It really does. And so so I had heard all that, obviously. That's the reason I didn't attend in the first place. You know, people were hypocrites and all this other stuff. But going in there, I know, like the lamest people are at church. (laughs) Just go to a church and you'll find the lame people. So sad. I know. Or like those people within that building are so much better than me. I don't know why we get that idea, those ideas in the head. But it was honestly where I needed to be at that point in my life. And so as we started to um, take marriage courses, the first one being love and respect, it was then that we were just, uh, that we stayed and that we got plugged in. And that was the most, that was a life changer really for both of us. Well, because you need community. I mean, part of these bad choices you're describing, you know, um, Mm -hmm. needing affirmation and attention and affection. I think secrecy really feeds uh, this downward spiral of that. And when we get in community and we see, wow, they're having marriage problems too. Like mm-hmm. we're not the only ones and them over there, they've got their issue. And so suddenly when you're in community and people are being real and authentic and, you know, really desire to improve and grow, that's where the magic happens. 
Exactly. You know, because then we realize, well, we're not the only, like what we're going through isn't unusual. Like we're not totally lame. Yeah, we're not alone. Yes. And and that was so huge. I think for both myself and my husband uh, was just knowing that we weren't alone. We weren't the only ones struggling with this, that the issues that we were facing in our marriage, you know, we weren't the only Mm -hmm. ones to actually go through that. Plenty of people had struggled with that. And Mm -hmm. being able to share that in a group was, um, it was pretty, yeah, it was really beneficial. Very powerful. Exactly. Frightening, I'm sure, because it's oh, always oh. frightening to be vulnerable. But I think the, the the power and the transformation and the hope comes with vulnerability. Absolutely. And there's healing in that. I mean, it's almost Definitely. therapeutic. So. Definitely. Okay. So then how did you go from starting to get involved? I mean, you were 30 years old, really hadn't been plugged into a community of faith. I'm sure there's a whole lot of crazy sayings and traditions that people in church do. I mean, there's a girl I work with. She says, um, oh, I could never go to church. The church would burn down if I stepped foot in it. And my heart is so for her and praying with her that she really sees the love of God someday in her life. But I think that um, it is scary, especially when you're older and you've never, not that 30 is older, but <laughs> 30 is older than 10, I'm just saying. And you've got a groove in life. You you know how to interact in the work world. You know how to interact as parents. You know how to interact as at school, in community. And the church environment, there's a lot of crazy sayings that we say or things we do or traditions. And mm-hmm. talk about that and how you maneuvered that because that had to be different and difficult in a sense. Well, I think it's sometimes, sometimes I think I'm still trying to maneuver that because you go from a life without to a life with, and those two lives are very different. And yet you intertwine with uh, friends, you know, you have different friends from, um, from your past that may not identify with who you are right. now. And that's a struggle, especially, you know, I have um, relationships in my own family that have struggled significantly because that's after I, I came to Christ and after I, you know, walked through those church doors essentially. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think it's important to understand that this path that, you know, we're seeking that we're on and this journey that we're taking with the Lord, uh, it, it prevails above all, all else. It's the most important thing. And that, um, it's, it's just so important to keep that in mind and to keep that focus because there's going to be plenty of distractions, whether it's our friendships are, you know, relationships with our family or Mm -hmm. just the world in general that attempt that attempts to creep in that we we can get distracted so easily so easily yeah and so I guess I'm wondering if there's someone out there who really is at that place where they're really feeling a need to connect with God but they don't know how and they might be daring enough to step foot in a church Mm -hmm. you know speak to them a little bit about some of the feelings you went through and how you resolve them and and how you came through and are coming through even still? Well, when we first, when my husband and I were going through counseling, we were, we sought a Christian counselor and it was really through her and this friendship that I had also, uh, you know, I, you, you kind of form a friendship, even though you're not supposed to with a counselor, but, um, I know cause they cut you off at 50 minutes and you're not back for a week. <laughs> <laughs> Take your money. Ask me how I know. <laughs> but you know, it was through her guidance and through her advice that it was, and, you know, through her pushing us to seek this relationship and, to, and to, to attend church, that it really it really just changed my perspective on all of it. And it was then that I began to form friendships within that church. So 
my, my suggestion would be to seek those that are already attending church, that already have a relationship with the Lord, and really ask them, talk to them. They're more than willing to share the, any information they can about God, about um, what you're going through, about the struggles, and, you know, they're always willing to share about the Lord and their testimony. So by all means, seek a friend out. Have a friend go with you that first time. Um, it, it's really— That's great advice. Do you know what I mean? Because, Absolutely. because you don't want to feel alone. You don't want to feel like, oh, what am I doing here? What am I supposed to do? Right. Because uh, it's awkward. You feel it, like you're sticking out like a sore thumb, even though nobody's really noticing. No one's noticing. But that. you feel like you're like giant person sitting in the pew. Right. Everybody's going to know I don't know what page to turn to. Right. Yeah. And it's, that's so not the case. And you know what? You're going there for you. You're not going there for other people. And it's important to, to maintain that focus and just um, and to understand that it's not about other people. It's about you right now and getting your relationship on track. So, uh, yeah. so that, that's definitely my suggestion. I love that. And as we're talking, I do want to make mention, I have some lovely Catholic friends who have very close relationships with Jesus. And whether we're Catholic or Protestant really isn't the point. The point is we have mm-hmm. Christ. Yes. And so, you know, it's because of Jesus that we can be forgiven. It's because he died on the cross to save us from sin, to reconcile us with God so that we don't have to pay the penalty for our own sin, but he has paid it for us. And so whether we're Catholic or Protestant, I think Christ is really what unifies us. And so would you speak a little bit to that, how you discovered it was less about tradition and ritual and more about cultivating an actual relationship, like a friendship with Mm -hmm. Christ? Um, honestly, it was it was because I was attending church, and it was because I was involved in all these classes. Oftentimes, you know, the facilitator of these courses would would reiterate the fact that it's about relationship, and that my husband and I were two separate people seeking the same thing. We mm-hmm. weren't, you know, this combined duo that <laughs> we were each our own person. And Christ is a foundation; He brought us together. So. Um, but yet we're still separate people. And I think it's important to realize that is that we're two separate people um, in need of grace and need of forgiveness for what we've, you know, what we've done in this life. But uh, it's really through those classes that it got ingrained in my head. It's through women's Bible studies. Mm-hmm. It's through sitting through, you know, 15 different Beth Moore seminars. And it's, it's understanding it's, it's others sharing with me what it's about. So So, you're describing the wisdom and mentorship of other Christian people pouring Mm -hmm. into your life and helping you learn and grow. Yes. Yeah. So key. And to have peer relationships as well, not just mentor relationships, but surround yourself with people who also want to love God and grow um, Mm -hmm. in that way. And I think you would say too, and I know through whatever these classes were that you were taking or seminars that they had at the church, I think that it's a beautiful thing how churches really offer that to people. And most of the time it's free, you know, and it's a really awesome way to learn that, like you said, we're two individual broken people who are married, who actually have two needs instead of one. We don't just need each other to meet our needs, but we need God to meet our needs. And as we grow close in relationship with God, it facilitates us to grow closer in marriage too. Exactly. You yeah. got it. You're Yay! Good. You Woohoo! Well, you're a good teacher. 
<laughs> You've lived it. Yeah. But I've lived it too. And so for those of us who do understand, who have, you know, walked, I say walked, that's so colloquialism. That's so, that's, that's a so, big word. That's so cliche to say we walk with God because we don't actually walk with him. Let me try that again. Uh, <laughs> bloopers. Um, <laughs> You should publish outtakes. That'd be so fun. Should I? Oh, goodness. <laughs> there would be so many. It'd be bigger than the podcast. I'm going to work on that. Um, and so, you know, for those of us who do have relationship with Jesus, who are, you know, aiming to grow our relationship with him, what would you say as we spend time reading our Bibles each day so we can know what God has to say to us? We spend time reflectively talking with God, either in the whispers of our heart or actually out loud or journaling on paper. As we are walking in relationship with God, there are so many people around us who are like you were at age 30, who have hit rock bottom or maybe are spiraling on their way down, who maybe know and believe in God, but don't really have the awareness of how to have a relationship with him and what that can do for their heart, how it can encourage and edify them. What advice do you have for us as we see people around us and how could we better be sharing the hope that is within us, the hope of Christ with them. How could we be that person who says, hey, you know, come with me to church. Um, maybe something amazing will happen with you there. I think, uh, I think it's so important that we live our faith loud. So for instance, it's as simple as something like Facebook. Uh, posting scripture, posting something, you know, posting part of your testimony, posting something, some miracle that happened, or just something in your everyday life that where God, where you felt the presence of God, where you knew it was God at work. Uh, something as small as that even, that people can even look at and be like, huh, it's, um, it's also how we live out our lives, what other people are seeing. You know, we're almost like, it's almost as if Christian women are in a fishbowl because everyone is looking to, everyone's looking to us, whether we know it or not, to, um, for, I think for guidance and for you know information, just kind of looking to see what this whole Christianity thing is all about. So um, yeah. the other way is obviously, yeah, to invite a friend to church. Now, sometimes that can be very awkward yeah. for others. And sometimes women just, sometimes I know I am more introverted. And so it's harder for me just to run up to somebody that I know and say, hey, I really think you need some church. You want to go with me? <laughs> So, well, because there's so many stereotypes about what yes. church is. And, you know, church isn't always the answer, but it's often a very neutral place to start. Exactly. And so I think at times that can be hard. But really, I think it's just the opportunity. I think it's important to stand in the gap and uh, really provide women with an, an opportunity uh, to, to see what you're about, to see what God might be about, to ask questions uh, to provide them with any information that you can in order to make a better decision. And I know that's a slippery slope. I know there's a balance there as far as you don't want to overextend yourself. You don't want to be too pushy. You don't, you don't want to say too much. Sometimes you don't even know what to say. But I think it's just important to be present, to be constant. Mm -hmm. There's things that you can do. I mean, if you know of a friend you know, who doesn't really have a relationship, may not even believe, 
that may be struggling through a tough time, show them Jesus, be the hands and feet, bring them a meal. There's so many different things that you can do that isn't necessarily verbal, but is an act of love that you can that you can actually show Jesus. I think that's so good because I think showing who God is through our lives is way more effective than talking about him. Exactly. Yeah. You know, people understand if you're a person of character, if you're kind when others are mean, if you're loving when others are envious, if you are, you know, going out of your way to do something or serve in a way that isn't really necessary that you weren't really obligated to do, they Mm -hmm. notice those things. And Mm -hmm. I think we can pray a prayer of surrender and say, God, use me today. Help me see an opportunity that you provide in my path and help me say yes to what you're bringing. Right. Yeah, so key. Well, Jenny, I've loved talking with you today. I know that you have just released a book a few months ago called For the Love of God, A Woman's Guide to Finding Faith and Getting Grace. I love that subtitle, Finding Faith, because that is your story. And Getting Grace, Learning How to Receive Something That You Don't Deserve. Um, So much of a challenge for all of us. And so would you share before we go, what? your book is about and who it's for, um, what somebody might find there and how we can find you online. Well, really, this is my, it's my testimony as well as what, what to do when you walk through those church doors. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but what, what do you do? How do you, how do you even navigate this whole Christianity thing? What, what do you expect? I mean, it's, it's all about the elements of faith, uh, you know, anywhere from prayer life and what that should look like and what should that should feel like to what this whole idea of grace is, forgiveness, um, faith in general. And then it, it delves into Christianity as a whole and uh, different things are going to come up, worldviews, world opinions, uh, things you're going to face as a Christian and, and in this walk that and on this journey that you may not uh, you may not expect at first, but definitely will come up. It's also, you know, how to serve and and uh, why we serve and why we tithe and there's just a, it just runs through everything as far as uh, as Christianity and what it means to come to God and to develop that relationship with Him and why we do that and why it's so important. And you have spots at the end of each chapter where you you can answer questions and you you have resources listed of what books to read or what scriptures to study about that topic, what songs that you could listen to, and exactly. some reflective questions, almost like journaling. So. Um, not only a helpful guide, but a practical way to interact with the content, really. Yeah, I really wanted to provide women with, because I love, I love worship in, in um, our services. It's, a, it's an opportunity for me just to connect. I may not be the best singer. In fact, I'm really, really horrible. And I talk about how bad I am in the book. <laughs> <laughs> and that people don't really want to hear me, but it really is just um, a time of connection for me with God. And, Absolutely. and so I want to share a number of those songs and do so in, at the end of each chapter in mm-hmm. order to, um, to help others see that, you know, how amazing it can be. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And, you know, we can make Pandora, Spotify lists, whatever it is and stations. And, um, I've totally loved that lately, just being yes. able to, uh, and they play similar songs that are related to, to the ones that you enter anyway. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just never mind. <laughs> never mind me, people. But um, yeah, I'm sure people understand that. So how can they find you online and more about what you've written and, um, you know, your your everyday online presence? 
Well, I blog at uh, JennyLeeSulpizio.com. That's a really long last name, but it's JennyLeeSulpizio.com. And my blog is called Grace for the Journey. And uh, my books are available on Amazon and they're in most bookstores. So uh, I would love to be able to connect with others. That'd be amazing. Okay. And what's your favorite way to connect? Twitter, Facebook, Instagram? Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I will link to all of those places in the show notes. So, you know, everybody can head on over there and click through and find you very easily. And thank you. And um, I've just, it's just a delight. I love what you're doing to help others not only be strengthened in their faith, but learn how to share it too. And, you know, we're all just on this journey Uh, longing to love God more and show his love to the world. And so thank you for all you're doing to champion that. Well, thank you, Jackie. Absolutely. Okay. Well, you have an amazing Arizona day. (laughs) I bet you have an awesome California day. (laughs) Thank you, friend. Okay. We'll talk later. Okay. Okay. Bye. Well, that's all for this episode of the Mud Stories podcast. Wasn't she just so fun? I thoroughly enjoyed talking with her. And I hope that her words and her story encourage you greatly today, no matter where you are with God, that you can know that God loves you so very much exactly where you are and that we don't need to clean up our lives in order to have relationship with him, but he is waiting and ready and wants to connect with us. And if you need assistance or you want to reach out to us, we would be more than honored to help you take the next steps in order to find your relationship with God. And so you can reach out to us at the show notes page, JackieWatkins.com forward slash episode 48. You can send me an email, Jackie at JackieWatkins.com. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter. All the links will be on the show notes page. And also, don't forget, you can get a free app for this podcast. All you have to do is go to your local place where you get your apps and search Mud Stories, and it's completely free, my gift to you. And also, if you would love to have an audiobook for free today, you can go to mudstoriesbook.com and sign up for a free 30-day trial, which you can cancel at any time, and you will be able to download a free audiobook today. And so I hope you'll take advantage of that, mudstoriesbook.com. May you know and remember, no matter what, how very much you are loved, how you're chosen, how you're pre-approved and cherished by our Almighty God, and He is just longing to lavish on you this free gift of grace that none of us deserve. And so no matter what you're facing today, no matter where you've been or what lies ahead, may you find a grateful song to sing. Have a beautiful day. Never in you ever feels a press upon my mind I pull the shame that leaves me a little bit blind I cannot see beyond the blame And I never will find a way out And then I feel you next to me You lift my head to see Your strong arm reaches to me Your mercy floods my tired soul as you lift me out of my muddy hole. You wash me up with your sweet grace and you lead me to a safer place again. 
song 